Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Today's Tech Today. Oh, freshly baked, fresh off the shelf. Today's Tech Today. Quick roundup of... Some of the more interesting tech and science stories that are floating about the place. First off, you know the way there was always one or two geniuses in your school? Oh, yeah. There was just there was like one or two, three. There was a girl and there was two guys in my year. You went to a mixed school, I'm so jealous. I went jealous. to a mixed school, yeah. I would have loved that. And they were just years ahead of everyone. Like... How their head worked, you're like, honours maths was a walk in the park for them. They were doing applied maths just yeah. for the crack. They were unbelievable. You know the people who would get eight, nine hundred points and leave them certain In every subject, not just yeah, exactly. maths. A's across the board. Sometimes you had someone who was amazing at music or amazing at art yeah. uh, and they weren't good anywhere else. These people were just geniuses across the board, right? Yeah. And they go on to be engineers and scientists and make a hell of a lot of money and fair play to them and we're all working for them now. There's an 11-year-old boy so from Belgium, who was after getting himself a bachelor's degree in physics. Like, how? What were you doing how? at 11 years of age? I, this is no joke, I really wanted to have crutches, so I used to climb a tree and fall out, try and break my leg. <laughs> I swear to God, when I was 11, I used to climb up a tree in my back garden and I used yeah. to try and fall out so I'd break my leg so I could have some crutches. Can you imagine your 11-year-old Hasn't even done his confirmation yet. Having a university degree in physics, not in not in sociology and English or one of those joke subjects, an actual hard science from the University of Antwerp, a degree in physics. Now, per- How? personally, How? When do you, did think, he start do you this? think I could possibly have a son like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, do you? I do. Yeah. When his mother was ah, jumping, yeah, jumping out a, of a tree at that <laughs> age. Trying to break a leg. Well, maybe your <laughs> sense of adventure would, uh, you know, mutate into your into his genes as a sense of uh, educational adventure. If I met someone like Bill Gates, possibly. But no, yeah, um, pe- people like this, kids like this blow my mind. It's ridiculous. He must have started this at like nine or ten. The Einstein yeah. of today. This guy's going to be a genius, genius. And you know what he wants to do? What's Replace he? the majority of his body parts with machines and become an immortal cyborg. This is what he wants. Why not? And he's starting to work on it right now. He says he wants to... uh, He says, This is the first puzzle piece in my goal of replacing body parts with mechanical parts. Adding that his goal is immortality. I want to replace as many body parts as possible with uh, mechanical parts. I've mapped out a path to get there. You can just see this as a big puzzle. 
I love this. This is insane. The kid is a genius. Oh, he Complete is. Complete genius. Like the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. How do you make that child? I, I don't know. Because everyone thinks their child is smart. Yeah. And then he comes along. Yeah. And just blows everything out of the water. Wipes the floor with them. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was reading a really good book recently on a Russian guy who met a woman yeah. and he said to her, like, I want to have kids, but I want to make them genius babies. And, he's, and he, he, he had studied the theory of producing genius kids. No. And how you train them and develop them to be geniuses. You train your child You can to train be a genius. your kid to be genius. And if you, you do it, if you do it before the age of seven. Oh yeah, it's like the sponge yeah, age. They yeah, they can become far more intelligent at anything you give them. Provided you give them deliberate, meaningful training and practice in that area. They'll hate years. you when they're They own. will hate you. But they'll be geniuses. And this Russian guy years ago was the first man and his daughter was the first woman ever to be crowned a grandmaster in chess in Russia. And she took on all the men when she was like 16. No way. And they had to, because I was very sexist. They said chess was a very man manly game. Chess wouldn't work in a woman's brain, they said. So he was like, let's make them geniuses of chess. And then they were geniuses. All three of them, by the way, became oh. ch- chess grandmasters. From again, him teaching them. Now, obviously, there was probably some stuff there, but yeah, you can you can teach your kids to be geniuses. That is crazy. Or you can sit them in front of an iPad watching Peppa Pig. I'm not here to judge. I know, but yeah, eleven year old physics degree wants to become immortal. But was he trained? I don't know. It doesn't say, and it doesn't say where he started. Right. Training. But he is he is an absolute genius. And can you imagine how, if you were that smart, right? If you were, you've li- this guy literally has the intelligence of a 20 year old mm. college student in primary school. How bored would you be? You would be so bored. You'd, you'd be, be looking, flying by you'd, everyone. You'd be so condescending to your teacher, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, long division. Ooh. Your teacher would, would feel so intimidated. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, oh, we're doing fractions today, miss, are we? Oh my God. Well, let me just prepare. Because surely in a, in a given kind of year in school, yeah. all throughout, even primary school, there's a child in that class yeah. that knows more than the teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and that will question them. Yeah, and just be like, I, th- I think you're wrong there. And when the teacher can't answer, that's awkward. Yeah, so unbelievable stuff. Okay, looking out for this guy. An 11-year-old boy just got a degree from the University of Antwerp. Bachelor's degree in physics and is now going on to study quantum physics. Yay! Dear God. Okay, the next story. Speaking of children, we're now talking about children who are getting bullied for a kind of sad enough reason. You know, like kids are cruelly mean, and any kind of thing that you're different with, you'll you'll poke fun into, and sometimes you don't realise you're being a bit of a yeah mean person, but you are, and mm. there's all this back and forth stuff. So you're learning how to be a social creature in this world and to not be mean. Turns out now that a lot of kids especially over in the United States. A lot of kids are called Alexa. Do you know what? This is really interesting. I know a girl who called her daughter Alexa and her daughter is probably eight now. So it was before Alexa came out yeah. and said the same thing, is now being bullied in school, yeah. constantly picked yeah. on. Alexa, do this. Alexa, do that. <laughs> and at the time, it, she actually got the name from the presenter, Alexa Chung. Oh yeah, yeah. Loved the name Alexa, and it was from her. And there was no—I didn't hear the name very often at the yeah. time, and I loved it. But now it's just hell for her. Like I can understand as a kid, you'd think that would be funny. She's like, "Oh my god, her name's Alexa. Get her to do everything." And then it is constant. Now this has been so bad that the BBC are after reporting that parents of a young eight-year-old child called Alexa have 
legally changed her name. I'm not surprised. They have legally changed I her name. I literally know an eight-year-old called Alexis. That's mad. Yeah. That is mad. Legally changed her name because they're getting bullied so much. And now there's a whole group of uh, parents that are trying to get Amazon to change the name of uh, Alexa, their uh, virtual assistant, because the exact same thing has happened. Kids are ripping it into any children called Alexa. And how and confusing is that then for an eight-year-old to be changing their name at that point? You know, maybe when you're yeah. older and you're an adult and you yeah. know, okay, I've had hell for the last whatever amount of years, either I'll accept it yeah. and I like the name or you change it when you kind of know what's going on. As an eight-year-old, very confusing. So this is from one of the parents from this article, right? They legally changed her name from Alexa. Yeah. She said, uh, this is what the parents said, she's in a much better place now. We have to cut off her friends, move her to a new school to start a fresh start. The injustice will never leave us. Amazon must change their default wake word on its devices clearly not enough ethical research into using Alexa uh, I mean any name they would have picked you could yeah, say the same John Barry you know you'd I have mean? to come up with a Maybe you'd have like to a, say like Amazon helper or something yeah like yeah. What, what do you call it Sigma something that like you're not going to most people aren't going to be you're not going to have that too often yeah it's a tough one though it is tough because I understand from a parent's perspective that you would be you'd be so annoyed you'd be so annoyed and the kid would be so confused. Alexa, turn on the music. What? No, yeah. sorry, I'm, I meant... Don't worry about it. I meant the robot. Yeah. Alexa, tell me about my day. Alexa, do you love me? We've all asked our smart speakers if they love us. Have it's we? weird. I have. Yeah. <laughs> hey, See, Google. See, I, act- I actually have friends. Believe um, it or not. Yeah. There you go. But listen, Alexa's and hey, Google's might be a little bit better off. So there you go. Alexa's uh, who are... And as you said, if it, you named your daughter before the Alexa's yeah. came out and were known globally... It's not that you your fault for calling them after a smart speaker. I wonder. I must check in on that girl and see how. Yeah, God, it's, it's r- ridiculous. Because obviously everyone has had an Alexa for so long now. It's kind of it's not a cool new device as such. Yeah, it's, it's part not as of new, people's yeah. routine. But are they still? Is she still getting picked on for it? Probably madness. Mm. Okay, uh, speaking of Google, a Chinese computer science team have said they have built the biggest ever supercomputer. We are moving from supercomputers into quantum computers. What is the difference between a quantum computer and a normal computer? I have no idea. I was going to ask. No idea. Mm. Uh, Normal computers work off zeros and ones. So there's a zero and a one and that's it. Everything comes down to two things, either it being a zero and a one. That's how they're processed. Yeah. Um, Quantum computers can be in four different states, apparently, and they're called quid bits. Okay. Again, put this into some sort of perspective Mm. Google has a quantum computer which was the most powerful in the world right and it was able to solve a problem a mathematical problem that would have taken a normal computer 10,000 years to do Uh, it did it in three and a half minutes so there are some of these massive mathematical equations and problems that you test on these computers to see how long the processors run to figure it out It's like taking two massive, like, 20-digit numbers and multiplying them together. And anyway, so there was an equation that took 10,000 years to do, and it did it in three and a half minutes. That's what Google's machine did. And the Chinese came along and said, nah, we can do better than that. So thereafter, outperforming Google's computer, and they solved a problem that was 100 times more difficult to solve than Google's one in several minutes. Uh-huh. So think about that. 10,000 years, multiply that by 100, 
And now the Chinese new computer was able to solve that. No problem. Impressive. Very, very impressive. Very impressive yeah. What does it mean? It's like the Concord of computers. It is like the Concord. Can do the job way quicker, more efficiently. Until it's kind of like the yeah Concord, but like the Concord, but that works. Rocket fuel, yeah, and kind of go back in time and insane. Now, what does it mean for me and you and normal computer users? Again, I've no idea. Yes, I, 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 computers are kind of fast enough, aren't they? No one's really struggling with too much stuff at the moment. We can do what we need to do. Browsing the internet can't get much fa- faster. Yeah, true. Writing a Word document, sending emails can't get much faster. But what it might be able to do is break your password in a number of seconds. That's what oh. these quantum computers could be able to to be used, yeah. So okay. passwords could become obsolete. and uh, pa- All passwords could become breakable with a quantum computer in a couple of seconds. Yay! So another security... Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're all getting problem. hacked and there'll be another issues with HSE in Fair. years to come. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Again, Google had a solved... Google's computer solved a problem a mathematical problem that would have taken your laptop 10,000 years to do and they solved it in three and a half minutes and then the Chinese solved an even bigger problem in a, in a couple of minutes as well. So there you go. Happy days. And more, more, I don't know, normal news. Do you have a Nintendo Switch? I don't, no. Neither have I, but I'd love to get one. So anyway, if you're looking for a birthday present to buy someone or you're thinking of maybe, maybe put this on the Christmas list, all right? Uh, uh, Nintendo's new OLED Switch so it has a bigger fancier OLED screen OLED is the fancy display you get in those expensive TVs in like Harvey Normans and PC World and stuff Yeah, uh, they've put one of those OLED screens into the new Nintendo Switch and it's going to be released on October the 8th oh that's nice just in time for Christmas now there'll be the Christmas rush that could be the present for the kids ah uh, okay you know what I mean at least you know you've got the heads up now. Uh, yeah, so uh, $350. The UK price says about 310 quid. So it's looking at about between three and 350 euro, which is very expensive. That is a, quite expensive. For now. a handheld Game Boy. Yeah. It's a good Game Boy. I mean, fairness. Yeah. It will last some of the year until Christmas comes around again and, and there's like, a new one. Good luck. See you, bye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the final story this evening, using AI technology to keep an eye on politicians. Oh, this ah, could be good now. This is fun. This is fun. Is it watching their TikTok and Instagram and all the rest it's of it? Watching them on their TikTok and Instagram. Oh. So, uh, some a digital artist, Dre's Deputer, uh, he's got his latest uh, installation called the Flemish Scrollers. And what he has done is he has taken the Belgian courtroom, not the Belgian courtroom, the Belgian parliament. And anytime parliaments are sitting over there, and here as well, there's a live feed on the internet. Oh, yeah. So you can go to Warocktus TV, I think you can watch when the doll is in session, the cameras go live. Yeah. So he's built this little bit of uh, AI technology. And what it does is it keeps an eye on everyone and just counts up how long they're looking at their phones for during the session. And then tweets them and says, focus, focus oh, on the issues. Oh, that's good. So obviously people are debating important issues and some people don't care. Who is it? Eamon Ryan fell asleep in the doll? He did. Uh, but a lot of other people are just sitting there on their phones because we're all addicted to our mobile phones. Now this little bit of software analyzes the video and tots up when a politician is looking down at a screen and starts timing them and then issues a report going, hey, this can, politician... Can stop and focus? There you go. He's like, why are you looking at your phone so much? Uh, get back to the important issue that you're debating representing the people of your country in government. I love that. That's, that's really funny. Uh, one issue that was brought up with it was 
sometimes if you're sitting in there all day, there might be some emergency issues that they have to actually deal with on their phone. So they don't want a message telling them to keep focused when... Yeah, well, they're kind of like, you know, they are doing work. They might be scrolling TikTok or Instagram like we are. They might be like emailing someone saying, approve that money for that dodgy builder somewhere and we'll get it across the line and get the planning done. Maybe things like that have to happen, you know? Yeah. So one issue with it, but no. If you want to check out the uh, Twitter account, it's at Flemish Scroller. So at Flemish Scroller and that will show you the tweets that they're doing and what they've done so far analysing how long your politicians are spending looking at their phones in Parliament, in the doll. I mean, realistically, they shouldn't be doing other work whilst... Mm, yeah. In Parliament, so. So uh, the idea apparently came two years after the Flemish minister, uh, the minister present, um, was caught during a policy discussion. Discussion? Discussion? Discussion. Uh, he was playing Angry Birds. See, they could be playing Parliament. Angry Birds, yeah. they could be on Tinder, you don't know. Imagine they were on Tinder. Imagine they got caught on Tinder. Job done. Uh, anyway, that is Control Alt Delete. We got Shane Codd, Get Out of My Head, and uh, KSI, This is Holiday. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. Sorry, holiday. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. And just a heads up, okay, if you haven't heard this yet, there's something very, very big happening on FM 104 on Monday. Cannot wait. We are giving away, not a camper van for a week. Nope. A car forever. A brand new Renault Clio with Renault Belgard. The legends over there in Renault Belgard want to give you a brand new car. It's F104's Fast and Curious. It's kicking off on Monday. We'll give you a few more details during the week, so make sure you're tuned in and keep an eye on our social media channels as well. But if the engine lights are coming on your car, if there's a weird rattle, if you've been trying... If, if you just love a car, but because... Again, it's very expensive living in this city uh, mm. and in this county and it's very expensive at the moment for everything and maybe the last year you've been out of work or just hadn't had the money and NCT has been failing you or it's just costing you a lot to keep your car going. You know, every every couple of months it's like there's another bloody thing wrong with it and I have to send it in and get that sorted. This could be this could be the ch- the change and the price of a lifetime. It could be, yeah. yeah. And it could be yours. Absolutely could be yours. We're giving one away, no strings attached, all with thanks to Renault Belgard. It's Renault Clio. All the details about how you can enter and try and win yourself that beautiful brand new car, which will have that beautiful brand new new car smell as well. Details will be uh, revealed during the week, but gameplay, competition play, officially starts on Monday. Shane Codd, get out of my head, on the way next. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Get out of my head, it's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Now, Saoirse, struggling in life. Yeah, I know I'm nearly 33, but so what? Anyway, so I love baked beans as I think I've told you that a million and one times. So now and again, I will have fish fingers, waffles and beans for and, my dinner. And can I just say, you're so lucky that you're only hearing the audio and that's the only sense you can get because I know when she has them as well because she just sits there going... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Had the beans again. I do Letting not fart rip. like that. I That's don't how fart you often. ripped your Freddie jeans. You just farted a hole straight Fine. through the middle of them. That's That was ages ago. I've had to buy new ones since. Oh, anyway, no. love my beans and uh, picked a tin of beans up today. Didn't think anything of it. Went home. Realised it didn't have the, the clasp. What's it called? What's it called? You know the thing that you, the tin opener thing. That, the thing at the top? Yeah, you, that you just pull open. 
Um, you know, the ring. The ring is the ring. Yeah, didn't have a ring. It had a nothing. Like an old school one where you have to get the you have to get the tin opener out and yeah. do it yourself. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm not used to having to do work here. So went looking for a tin opener. Turns out I had one, didn't know how to use it. So I stood there and I swear to God, I looked up on YouTube. How do I use a tin opener? No, you didn't. Now, I think it's because I'm left-handed and I don't think left-handed people like me can use tin openers. You need a specific one, I think. I don't believe that. I had to knock in. This is no joke. I had to knock into my neighbour who has two children and the 11-year-old opened the tin no, of beans for me. Didn't. Yes, she did. Come on now. Hey, you can't open a tin of beans. The 11-year-old child opened my tin of beans because I didn't know how. Like that's something you, yeah you learn by the time you're seven or eight. Isn't I, that one of the first things that your mom and dad gives you when you're preparing the food, making the dinner of a Sunday? Do you realize that being the middle child of five kids, all within a year of each other, yeah, I was never going to be thought anything. By the time I came along, she was pregnant, and then she had another one, and she had two babies to mind, two older kids to mind. I was left. She never taught me ever how to open. A tin of beans or a tin of anything. Is is there anything else that you should be able to do as a thirty three year old woman that you were not able to do? Tin, opening a tin. I'd go in, change a tire, and ask you know uh, in an off license. You know, say if I had people over. Yeah. Uh, can I get a bottle of wine with a twisty cap? So you a can't t- open a, a bottle of wine. Either. No, no, I have no idea how to do that. So twisty cap is what I ask for. Bottle of wine. So there's two change, things. Change a tire, bottle of wine. Oh, change a tire. That's obviously I can't do that. opener. No idea how to do that. I can barely open the car door. Honestly, anything to do with cars, if it drives, brilliant. Otherwise, no idea. But at home, I'm not obviously good at in the kitchen. I have a sign up on my on my kitchen uh, counter saying uh, I kiss better than I cook. Right. Because I don't cook. Right. I just put in the waffles in in the. <sighs> Toaster. toaster yeah and yeah. then I put the beans when when they open properly in the microwave what's what, like what's the fanciest meal you can cook um, you know what's your adult go to if you're having a dinner portion and you were cooking no, everything I, I genuinely don't have a go to I don't cook I don't have a go to I don't have anything you I don't even cook. have that one meal that no. your mom showed you my mom never showed me my mom hates so cooking neglect. too in and fairness neglect. no I don't have one like what I would do if I had people over I'd buy a uh, Tesco's finest lasagna and stick it in the oven you can't make your own lasagna dear god no don't be silly I can make lasagna even I can make lasagna really no Mammy Moore's lasagna recipe I love a homemade dinner but I feel it's a complete waste of time I think by the time you get all the ingredients you're better off buying Tesco's (laughs) finest one because it's only six euro and if you're getting the onion and the carrots and all the stuff that you put in it no a complete waste of time there's no need to be wasting that you know, I remember back in the day, like my, I say my mom can't cook, but she was very much a, I have five kids, I have a giant pot and she'd peel 25 potatoes. We'd have mashed potatoes every single day. It would take her about three hours to peel those potatoes. And then she would just buy a cooked chicken. That was my dinner for, for the guts of 17 years. All right. So, so no, I, I can't open uh, any tins and I can't open one. Yeah, I wonder if there is anyone listening who's in a similar boat to you. If you're listening and you can't operate a tin opener and open a normal tin or you cannot change a tire, you cannot open a bottle of wine, you cannot cook a meal. Now, quest- question for you. Can you put on the washing machine now? Yeah. Because I know you couldn't when you moved oh, out first. Oh, nailing it. Nailing it. I put two washes on yesterday. So you know which... Yeah. 
Mix synthetics. Thing goes in. Job done. Nail them. Dishwasher, no problem. Now, but if you went into someone else's house and they said, just put on the washing machine there. Listen, everyone And was it was different. a different washing machine, everyone would you know a, what's going on? Ah, listen, yeah, whatever. Just pick one. 40 degrees, job done. That's your go-to, 40 yeah, degrees. 40 degrees, job done, yeah. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. if you are like Sir Shen, you may not be able to do some adult <laughs> things. Is there any other things that you should wait, definitely wait, be wait. able to do as an adult that you can't? Please I, I me know, know. I know how to do one dinner. Oh, what is it? Someone messaged me and I can make what I think is a chili con carne, but it's actually spaghetti bolognese. So basically I get the bolognese sauce <laughs> and I throw in a bit of chili powder and it still tastes like bolognese. Chili con carne, does that not need, um, what are those beans, something, beans? Yeah, kidney, beans. Like kidney beans. I thought yeah. if you put the bolognese sauce in and just add the kidney beans, then that's chili con carne. Much, I think it is, isn't it? Pretty it's not much. though, it's not. Right, okay. You don't put tomato sauce in the, in the chili, but I do and... Anyway, anyway, any other ones? Let us know. We must move on. On the way next as well. Um, who cheats more, men or women? And why do they do it? We'll be chatting to author and professor Lysia Walker next year on Room. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here and you can answer us this question. You know, who cheats more, men or women? I'd love to know your thoughts on it. The WhatsApp number 0876797104. Joining us now on the line to talk a little bit about that, specifically about um, cheating men, is an author and is an expert, someone who has been delving into the world of infidelity for years, uh, Professor Alicia Walker. How are you? I'm well, how are you? Yeah, we're doing quite good. Um, now, I always love talking about cheating. Uh, I've never, that I know of, been cheated on and I've never cheated on anyone. But it does interest me because I'd say most of my friends at some point in their lives have been cheated on by men. But I guess, uh, why do men cheat? That is a great question. <laughs> so there's many as many reasons to cheat as there are people who are cheating. But um, among the group of men that I just interviewed... Their reason was basically, if you want to boil it down, um, that they felt emasculated. They felt in their marriages that they were emasculated and their masculinity was threatened and they sought an outside partner to help boost their sense of themselves as manly. (laughs) I I love it there. So they're in, in a roundabout way blaming their wives. Yeah, that's that's one way to look at it, yeah. Do you know what's really interesting, though? Like, I've never been cheated on, and I would be the type of girl that would always need help from a guy to fix everything in my life, whether it's tech or whether it's a light bulb to be changed, and I'm happy for them to do that. But I have friends who like to take on that role of, I'm an independent woman, I don't need a guy to do that for me. And I always find it's those types of girls that end up getting cheated on. Well, you could be on to something, unfortunately. (laughs) The men that I spoke with um, talked about wives. This is their perception. Of course, I did not talk to their wives, but their perception was that their wives were disinterested in them as a person. You know, they didn't care to hear about the mundane details of their lives. They weren't asking them about their feelings. So like they were feeling some sadness and she was not inquiring about that. They weren't praising them for the tasks that they did do in the home. So men would say, you know, I helped her with the chores, which of course frames the chores as her responsibility, right? Mm. I helped her with the chores and she did not even thank me. And then, of course, they talked about 
her total and utter lack of enthusiasm and interest in sex with them. So all of that combined disinterest, at least the men's perception of that, made them feel emasculated. If I, like it's funny you mention that because um, I hung up the washing out of the washing machine a little bit earlier on. And let's say if I don't get the recognition from that this evening from my fiance, am I justified in in looking elsewhere and having an affair? (laughs) Well, I'm not an infidelity apologist. So I want to be very clear about that. <laughs> I make I make no uh, you know mm. judgments that it's okay or it's not okay. <laughs> but these men talked about you know it wasn't like a single incidence of that, right? Uh, in their minds, this had been going on for years, and they described their wives as impossible to please, and uh, you know that she just wasn't happy with anything that they were doing. But now you do raise a good point. A lot of folks feel like. Why should I thank you for hanging up the wash when your clothes are in the wash as well, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And and I will admit, while I was doing these interviews, there was I'm I'm a bit more like uh, like your girlfriend you just described there. You know, I'm (laughs) I'm a more independent kind of person, and so during these interviews, I did have moments of thinking, "My goodness gracious, (laughs) why do you expect praise for this?" But men were very clear with me. More than one of them said, you may think you understand men. I want to be clear. I don't. I don't think I understand them at all. Um, But they said, you need to understand that however much praise you think we need, we need so much more praise than that. Uh, They were very clear. More than one of them said, our egos are actually quite fragile. And I was a little surprised at men's willingness to be so vulnerable and honest, even when what they were telling me didn't really paint them in a very positive light. Now, although you obviously were studying this with men and you got their kind of reactions and, you know, their take on it, um, I think the same could probably be said for women in terms of if you're not giving them enough attention or, you know, maybe aren't interested in their day-to-day lives that they might lose interest or seek, you know, attention elsewhere. But is there a difference between the physical when it comes to the two sexes, that men maybe will go on what they see as opposed to, you know, emotionally connected to, to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like that if they went on a night out, they saw a good looking girl, they really will just kind of maybe go for it. Um, so that's an interesting question on multiple counts. So my previous book was actually about women's cheating. And those women were all cheating for sex. They said, you know, I've got a great husband at home. We have a great relationship but I'm not getting the sexual satisfaction that I need. And they were very clear with me. You know, I am not cheating because I'm in love. I don't want to fall in love. I don't need somebody to boost up my ego. I just need more orgasms. Okay. Um, In terms of men, we do have this idea, right? And men will just kind of lay down with anybody, right? Anybody who shows some interest, men are just gonna, gonna cheat, right? Men are dogs. The men in this book, I mean, that's, that's how we paint them, right? But now the men in this book, the men in my study, that was not their situation. They, in fact, many of them described their affair partners as not nearly as attractive as their wives. For them, what they were seeking in an affair partner was that validation, that praise. They wanted her to tell them, you're a great guy. You're fabulous in bed. You're the best I've ever had. You know, your wife doesn't know what she's missing out on. 
those kinds of things. And so it wasn't really about how hot she was or anything like that. It was really about how she made him feel. This is literally flipping everything I would have presumed on the head about affairs. I would have thought, as I said, men follow their follow their penises and just do whatever that dictates. And women would be more about the emotional support. And it seems to be that that's been flipped. But Professor, speaking about the men in particular, the 46 men that you interviewed that were uh, obviously cheating and went elsewhere. Was any of it ever, did you feel like justified? I know you're not trying to make excuses for it, but could you understand it? Did you ever kind of go, okay, or was it all like wrong from your perspective? Mm. I mean, I, I'm very much a person who doesn't have judgment about what other folks do, right? Mm. It's not really my business. Um, it was a difficult study to conduct. Um, there were lots of moments where I would stop and think, you know, I would have said I'm a person who's never been cheated on, right? But as I'm doing these interviews, I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, <laughs> everyone I've ever been with could have cheated on me. How would I know? Um, <laughs> so they were difficult interviews to conduct. And I think it's really easy to write off men's concerns. Do I think it's justified? Uh, I, I don't know that that's really even a question that I can think about or frame. Can I understand what the men are saying? Yes. I think it's intensely sad, though. It did seem like these were situations where if men could just feel comfortable enough to say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling great about myself. I It'd be great if you could compliment me more, you know, <laughs> or yeah. uh, I'm feeling sad and I need to talk to you about that. But men really didn't feel like they had the autonomy to voice their needs or their emotions. I don't think that's something the wives were doing to them. I think that has more to do with like U.S. socialization, right? Here in the United States, we sort of tell men, hey, you get two emotions, pal. You can lust or you can be angry yeah. and that's it. And if yeah. it's anything else, you can't talk about it. And so they felt like if she didn't say to them, hey, you seem sad or, you know, what's going on with you or something, they couldn't voice that. So it was it was difficult to read these accounts and to talk to these men just from the standpoint of, my goodness, how many of these affairs would never even happen if these men could just voice their feelings. And did you notice anything about their ages, like that they differed, the cheating differed between the certain kind of older man and younger man? Not really. I talked to men between the ages of 27 and 70, and the stories were pretty consistent across age groups, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, that is surprising, because I would have thought maybe the older mind frame would have been, like you said, you have two emotions and that's all we're kind of dealing with here. Whereas the younger age group may be more open-minded and their relationship might be more, yeah, I guess, advanced in that regard. I, I did not find that. Now, I, I hope that the younger generation is getting uh, more advanced and all that. But it did seem like all of the men that I spoke to were extremely tethered to gender norms and gender mm. expectations and this idea that... I can't talk about this. In fact, if they did approach their wives, all they would ever say was, hey, we're not having enough sex. And that was part of their complaint. Absolutely. But they never got into that. You know, hey, I'm not feeling appreciated. I don't feel like you really like me as a person anymore, you know, which is a far deeper issue. Right. 
Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I know most men would just, even if they pluck up the courage to say that, then their next step after being rejected will just be the hit the bottle and they just go down the pub for the next four days and come back and be like, ah, uh, let's just do this and see how we go with it. But it, was there any out of the forty six people that you kind of interviewed and spoke to? Was there was there any one story that was more like shocking than the other, or like what was like the worst case of infidelity? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That you came across? Mm. That is a good question. They, they were all touching in their own ways. So I certainly don't want to, you know, lessen anyone's story mm. but i guess the two that stick out the most in my mind um a man who told he, he told in great detail about his sexual encounters with his wife and this is radio so i'm not gonna <laughs> go into all that for you but all i will say is that reading it i thought oh gosh that's just heartbreaking to me um and then he reread it and said it was really heartbreaking. He said, you know, I could be anybody. The sex he described was so impersonal and it was so lacking in any kind of intimacy or connection, you know? And when I read it, I thought, oh, that just, that breaks my heart and how lonely it must be to be in a marriage where that's the physical intimacy you're having. Mm -hmm. And so that one really, really stuck out. And then I guess the other one is a man who said that um, he really believed that if he had to stop having affairs, that he would end up hitting his wife at home. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. I think those are the two that really stuck out to me the most. There's something really cowardly about that, though, isn't there? That they can't just kind of walk away and end the relationship if they're that unhappy. Well, you know, it's a tough thing. It's the same thing with the women that I interviewed. You know, that's the first question on everybody's mind, right? Why cheat? You know, why not just leave? And and the answers from both groups are really the same. The primary answer was, I love my spouse, which it's easy for us to say, well, do you? Because <laughs> you're out yeah. doing this stuff. But they, they really did believe that they love their spouses. They didn't want 
to break their spouse's heart by ending the relationship. They didn't want to break up the family. A lot of them had children, you know, and they said, I don't want to take my child from their father. I don't want to only see my child on the weekend, et cetera. And, you know, if you've ever dissolved a relationship, it is not a simple matter. You know, you're financially enmeshed with one another. You own property together a lot of the time. Um, That's a really depressing and frustrating and acrimonious process to enter into. So I don't think that it's terribly surprising that if folks are otherwise satisfied in a relationship that they would want to just, I call it the infidelity workaround, you know, rather Mm. than break all that up, they want to keep what they think is working and they want to outsource the things they don't think are working. Have you ever come across a situation where it made sense for either partner to continue cheating in the relationship? Um, A lot of the women that I spoke to had sexless marriages due to um, some health situation with their husband. So sex was just not possible between the two of them. Um, And that had been the situation for years, sometimes decades. Um, In those scenarios, I think I probably was a little more um, understanding you know, what, mm. what do you do in that kind of situation? You know, when we stand and pledge our eternal love to someone in front of witnesses, um, we're not thinking that, hey, something could happen and my marriage could become sexless and I'm in my early 30s. You know, that's a that's a difficult situation for everyone. Yeah. And, and then you have to think, if you couldn't have sex with your spouse, would you rather leave you or would you rather them get their needs met secretly and things go on and and the answer is going to be different for everyone obviously but you know that's a tough situation yeah definitely i can totally understand in that regard because you're being deprived of something that you need yes of course by the same token as much as it's easy to discount these men's concerns from their perspective they're being deprived of something they really truly believe that It's not just that their needs are not getting met. They believe their wives are purposefully withholding meeting their emotional needs. They feel like she's punishing them. Now, that may not at all be the reality, right? If I were to talk to their wives, their wives may think everything is great, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which was another sad thing I kept thinking during these interviews, right? How many of these wives think that everything is is groovy at home? Um, So... For the men, their perception of the situation was exactly the same. If you've just tuned in, we're chatting to uh, Professor Walker. She's an expert and author in infidelity and has a new book out, Chasing Masculinity, Men, Validation and Infidelity, where she sat down with 46 cheating men and asked them why they did it. Uh, Professor, did you ever feel like punching any of them in the mouth when you were chatting to them? Or (laughs) did you have to restrain yourself and go, you're an idiot? Um, I talk about in the book, one man who dropped out of the study. I don't know if I want to punch him in the mouth, but I I did, I did find our conversation frustrating for the simple fact that, um, he, after we had completed his interview, um, so there's really no need for us to talk any further. Right. Um, he contacted me to tell me that he, he wouldn't tell me about his afternoon. He had met a woman for the first time for lunch and he thought she was the ugliest woman he had ever seen in his life. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And he decided in his charitable 
benevolence to go ahead and have sex with her because in his mind, the poor thing, you know, who's going to have sex with this terribly ugly woman? Yes. Oh, yes. And I mean, this is the longest email I've maybe ever received in my life. And he goes into great detail (laughs) with their afternoon together and how disgusting he finds her. But he reports to me that he's given her this afternoon of, you know, heavenly bliss, right? Because he's so amazing in bed. And um, what a good guy he is, right? For donating his his time. (laughs) And um, I guess I didn't respond as enthusiastically as he thought I was going to. He was really expecting me to say, like, what a great guy you are. You know, that's such a great thing to do. And I did not respond (laughs) with that sentiment. Um, And he got really abusive to me, actually, and and said that he wished he'd never spoken to me. And so I removed him from the study. I don't know if I want to punch him in the mouth, but um, that was a frustrating afternoon. Yeah. Did you find actually that any of them had certain personality traits that would have rang a bell? Like, you know, maybe a man that has an ego. There certainly wasn't a prevalent uh, theme throughout them. I mean, you know, you talk to 46 people, sure, you're going to have a few. Um, I would say probably five of them were you know, pretty happy with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Or have narcissistic traits, because I definitely remember going out with someone who was a full-blown narcissist and, you know, I never met his emotional needs and I was always the issue with everything. And although I don't know if he cheated on me, I don't think he did, I'm sure if it continued on, he would have probably blamed me for having to have to go off with somebody else because I wasn't there for him for whatever reason, he would have said. But yeah, so I'm just wondering, did that show show its face anywhere um i didn't pick up on anything like that but you also have to keep in mind um my contact with these folks is 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 very focused and limited right so it'd be kind Mm. of difficult for me to um make any real judgments about what kind of person they are unless you know like the five guys who who really had a very inflated ego, um, you know, unless it just is so, so obvious. Um, so I didn't really pick up on anything like that. You know, I, I couldn't really say if anybody had narcissistic tendencies. Okay, cool. Well, we, again, we appreciate you giving up your time. If you're listening, you want to find out more. Um, and maybe you're a cheating man and you want to figure out why you're doing it. You should probably stop. But the book, Chasing Masculinity, Men, Validation, Infidelity, it's out now. Uh, Professor Alicia Walker, thanks a million for popping on F104. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Lonely, wrapping up Room 104 for a Tuesday evening. Cheers for tuning in. Make sure you can uh, subscribe to the Room 104 Podcast wherever you get your podcast from. You can listen back to the show tomorrow or over the weekend or wherever you want. And that means that tomorrow's show is Wednesday, which also means... Do we have to be here at this point again every week? It's like the only day that comes around way way too quick and it's Wednesday and Wednesday means shock jocks so uh, it's a free takeaway for you if you win shock jocks but we get electrocuted every question that you get wrong and a simple head to head quiz we get fried there is an electric shock collar strapped around our necks and my god last week it was painful last week I got shocked and I went into shock usually I start screaming and crying yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just actually went numb yep it was that bad so I don't know what was going on last week can only imagine it's going to get worse again tomorrow. Not looking forward to it. My Colin's sick. Who knows? Yeah, so uh, listen, we'll be back tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Shock Jocks. You can enjoy... 
might be back tomorrow. Yeah, it might be back. Station might show up. But you're like, these things happen. Listen, Shock Jocks is back tomorrow night. So do join us from nine and tune in to Jim, Jim and Nobby in the morning. They may have a couple of more details about this amazing competition giving away a Renault Clio that's starting from Monday uh, here on the station. But we'll be giving you some more details about how exactly it'll happen. It's all thanks to Renault Belgard as well. So thanks to that, lads. And you could be winning yourself a brand new car. Listen, we must go. We must go. We'll be back tomorrow night from nine. As always. Iwa, talk to you then. Thanks a million for tuning in and good luck. Bye now. Bye. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.